0: Bible's turn to Malachi chapter 1 for a few minutes. <clears throat> and uh, we started this study last week. I usually preach a military message on being a soldier for Jesus, but um, this goes right along with it. Amen. Uh, we're getting ready for the coming of the Lord in this uh, book, but also it's a call to return to the Lord. Let your heart turn return to the Lord. We've all strayed in our time. We've all what we call backslidden some degree. And uh, Malachi is a conversation. It almost turns into debate, but I want to say this: You better not argue with God. Uh, you'll lose every time because God knows, and He's right. Can somebody say Amen? Give me as much juice as you can get back there, brother Joel. I need all the help I can get. These sinus drainage. Has wrapped around my vocal cords, and um, I'll probably let somebody else preach tonight so you won't have to endure this raspy voice. But I'm just glad I got a voice to preach because this this is a burden on my heart. I'll stay in all the Word of God, and I'll just read two verses, maybe three. It says, The burden of the, uh, Malachi 1, I'm sorry, the burden of the Word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you. That's what I'll preach on this morning. I have loved you. Where to has thou loved us? What a response. Was it not, was not Isaac, Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this time to honor you. In honor these men and ladies, God, thank you, dear God, that we can um, love you with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind. God, forgive us for not loving you as much as we ought to love you. And God, forgive us, Lord, for taking for granted your love. And Lord, I can't understand why these people was arguing with God to the fact that he said, I love you. And so, Lord, dear God, help us to never debate it, but to submit to the love of God and to prove our love by our faithfulness. And We'll praise you and thank you for the strength to preach this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a Scottish preacher, George Matheson. You ever heard of him? And one of these most poetic and eloquent type preachers of time. He was age 19 while he was studying the ministry that he he lost his eyesight he became blind and the story is told that his heart was broken yours would have been too Uh, when his fiance broke their engagement returned the ring and he said to him i cannot see my way clear to go through life bound by the chains of marriage to a blind man matheson never married but in 1882 At the age of 40, when one of his sisters married, her wedding brought back memories of the heartbreak and that personal tragedy. From the depths of despair, he reached out in faith and laid hold of the unchanging love of God. In that dark hour, he penned these words. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths it flows. May richer, fuller be, O love that will not let me go. Let me just say this morning, as we review just quickly, just one slide, Brother Joel, or Brother Cody, or whoever's back there. I mean, both of you back there, that's good. We see the announcements of God in verse one, chapter 1, verse 2. They're denied His love. But in chapter 1, verse 6, they despised his name. In chapter 7 of chapter 1, they defied his altar. And then in chapter 2, verse 17, they defied his patience. They started arguing with him. And they deserted his fellowship, chapter 3, verse 7. They debated his command, chapter 3, verse 8. And they despaired his service, chapter 3, verse 18. So here's a conversation. He said, hey, listen, I love you. He said, Wherein hath thou loved me? In verse 7, he said, I offer polluted bread upon my altar. You offer polluted bread upon my altar. In other words, you gave me leftovers. And they said, Wherein have we polluted thee? And on and on and on, we can go down the line. Every time he made a statement, they said, Why? How? How have we done this? So I want to preach just a few minutes on turning your back on the love of God. I want to preach to you for a few minutes in the fact that all of us have questioned the love of God. Maybe not outwardly, but we have done it uh, volitionally with our will. We've turned our backs on God's love. And I want you to know God loves you. And we should never get over the theme of the Bible, God's love. In 1867, D.L. Moody met Harry Morehouse. Morehouse said to, uh, Moody said to Morehouse, I want you to come preach for me if you're ever in Chicago. And for seven, six straight nights, he preached on John 3.16. When Moody came back, he uh, asked his wife what he preached on, and she said, you won't believe this, hon, but he's preached every night. On the same text. Different sermon, but the same text. He said, you got to hear it. He says, I, 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 and he got mad. Moody had a third grade education, but he was a man of God. And he didn't like it. And he says, you just got to hear him tonight. And Morehouse got up. And he said, I've looked over 66 books of the Bible. And I went to the book of John. And I looked over the 21 chapters. And then I went to um, 36 verses. In John chapter 3, and I've come to one verse, verse 16, for God so loved the world. And he began to, for the seventh straight service to preach with power and anointing and conviction and tears that God loves you. Amen. It affected Moody in such a way that he said, I got full of God's love. It, it was uh, I, I started studying every passage in the Bible on God's love for months. He said, I felt like I was so full of God's love that it came out my fingers. He said, I took the subject of the, love of, the love of God in the Bible and it opened my lips and it l- opened my heart and it literally changed my life. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you'll just get a hold of this fact, God loves you. And God proved it by giving Himself on the cross His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then he challenges in the second John 3.16, first John 3.16, that we ought to perceive or know about the love of God. That he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. And folks, there ought to be a love that melts us into God's likeness. But we ought to have a love that flows to a lost and dying world, and even to our mates, to our children, and to our fellow Christians. Folks, we ought to be permeated Our being should be so full of God's love. And folks, that's not possible unless you get saved because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of love. Say amen. Amen. Charles and Mary Lamb were brothers and sisters. Both were English writers. The story of Charles' love and devotion to his sister is a wonderful story of love for one another. At times, Mary would suffer bouts of temporary insanity. And in 1796, while Charles and Mary were still living at home, their lives were darkened by a terrible tragedy, a terrible one. In the moment of insanity, Mary picked up a kitchen knife and stabbed her mother to death. The court understood Mary's mental problems and put her in custody of Charles, the great writer, the critic of England and she lived with him most of the time until he died in 1834. Dr. George W. Truett, writing about Charles Lamb, said said this. She said, I think there is nothing in history more touching than the behavior of Charles Lamb, the brilliant British essayist and critic who devoted the best hours of his sisters to his sister, Mary, who had recurring spells of insanity, He was to be seen many times in the morning hours in England talking with Mary, walking along the streets, describing to her the singing birds and the smiling flowers, seeking to keep back the encroaching wave of insanity as it persistently came into her life. Dr. Truett Truett used these words to describe Charles' love and devotion to his sister that killed his mother, Glorious. His love for his sister was glorious. But may I say that the love of God is glorious. That the love that Jesus shows you every day is glorious. I'm just going to give you a few things this morning. I mean briefly. Number one, it's it's a glorious affirming of his personal love. A glorious declaration of his personal love. I want you to look at that first verse or second verse. It says, I have loved you. You. You know, I'm glad God loves me. You know, my, my daddy came out of the war messed up. You know, since 2001, 30,000 veterans have committed suicide, more than killed in all of Iran and all Afghanistan. 6,120 uh, veterans kill themselves each month in America. And, friend, I want you to know that the devil's trying to destroy sanity and trying to destroy unity. But I want to tell you something. One thing that will help everybody to realize is that Jesus loves you and that you ought to love Him. They answered back and said, wherein hast thou loved us? Yes, they were in exile for 20, 70 years, but they came out of exile. Yes, they were in bondage for 70 years, but they came back and they were rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the walls. And Folks, I want to tell you something. Even in God's discipline, you ought to thank God for His love. I thank God that I had a mother that wore me out. You don't believe in that today. You'll get locked up if you spank your children today, I guess. I'd do it anyway. But I want to tell you this, friend, God help us to realize even discipline is love. Aren't you glad God loves you enough to keep you? Aren't you glad God loves you enough to correct you? Aren't you glad God loves you enough to come after you when the prodigal pig pen Praise God and He's got the porch on, amen. It's not just Motel 6, it's the Heavenly Father that said, come on back, I'll forgive you. Folks, it's hard to believe that a mother would not love her children. But in some cases, I've seen it. It's even harder to believe that a child would not love his parents. But I've seen in some cases that happen. But one thing is for certain, and it never will happen, that God loves you. God loves you God's love is confirmed by not only what he said but what he did he died on the cross for you God's word is not only confirmed by what he did but thank God God's love is, is affirmed by what he's doing God loves you God spared you this week the older I get the more frail I think I get Used to, used to never a phase me getting a little sinus infection or a little bronchial congestion I would not be here this morning probably if it wasn't for the um, veterans but I wanted to be there, here for them because they disciplined their lives for four or five years or at least I can discipline for about 30 minutes because of this covia phobia everybody think has oh, he's guided praise God you won't even look at me want to speak to me amen pull your mass out of your out of your out of your pocket or something if you have to. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm glad I could be here and say just this real simple thing. God loves you. God loves me. God loved me when my daddy came back, messed up from the war and became an alcoholic. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle all the people he killed in World War II. And he drank himself almost to death. And I was an insecure, stuttering little boy on the fifth row back When God spoke to my heart and told me, don't be bitter at the way your daddy acts. Don't be bitter the way he reacts. I love you, and i got a plan for you. And I walked that aisle, and I got saved that Sunday night when my preacher preached on hell. Long, hot, and horrible. And it is. And I want to tell you something, folks. God affirmed to me that day that He would take a son of a drunk and make me a child of the King. And then when God called me to preach, everybody was shocked. Because my cousin, Alfie, that you do business with on floor engineering or wherever you work, he was the talkative one. He was the super salesman. He could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo. And I didn't even speak to my sister. I was so shy. And God called me to preach. God called him to sell carpet down in Claxton. He stayed down there. And folks, I want to tell you something. God's confirmed to me over and over how much he loves me. The night my daddy walked out and got saved, I said, Lord, thank you for loving him. Thank you for loving him more than I ever loved him. And thank you, Lord, for putting a love in his wife, my mama, that she never let him go. She never gave up on him. And, she, and he got saved. In seven years of his life, he lived for God and loved God and loved His Word and never missed church. He used to go to church and read his Sunday school courtly. That's why we don't have courtlies here, because he didn't want to listen to the message. And Mother made him go to church. My mother was rough. She was a sergeant, worse than the sergeants he had in World War II. She said, if you don't go to church this morning, you don't eat. I said, well, I want to eat. I'm going to church. Amen. My, my daddy said, I want to eat too. I'm going to that church. I don't like it. I'm lost. I ain't interested. But he went and he sat through it. But one night while I was preaching, God told him that he loved him. That he'd forgive him. That he didn't have to look at all those faces every night. He didn't have to be messed up over the war. But he could see the love of God really quick. It's glorious assurance of perpetual love in this verse. He said, I have loved you. That's in the perfect tense in the Hebrew. And folks, I want to tell you what that means. That means there's never a time He hasn't loved you. I love you, past tense. I love you, present tense. And I love you, future tense. And there's nothing you can do to help to make me stop loving you. Aren't you glad that that God loves you? I love Jeremiah 31 verse 3 where it says, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Oh, the love of God. And, And the Bible says this. It says, and loving kindness. You want to talk about love in action? It's the loving kindness of God. If God gave you what you deserve, you'd be in hell today. But God loves you. He loves you, and He proved it at Calvary. And He proved it at the resurrection. And He proved it when He ascended. And He's going to prove it when He comes gets you. And it could be any minute. Amen. On the cell of a prison, they said the man was half insane. These words were written, Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made. Were every stalk on earth a quill. And every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above. Would drain the ocean dry. When years of time shall pass away. And earthly thrones and kingdoms fall. When men who were refused to pray. On rocks and hills and mountains call. God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints' and angels' song. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forever endure, the saints' and angels' song. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God loves us in spite of the length of our lives, the depths of our sin, or the breath of our misfortunes. God loves you no matter what. Aren't you glad this morning? Thank the Lord. His love reaches down and picks up an old drunk, and His love reaches into a Catholic church and saves a religious lost person. Praise God, He loves us. <coughs> Let me close by saying this. <coughs> and this is shocking to me, but there was a grievous de- deliberation of God's love. In verse 2, it says that the people that he's addressing says this, <coughs> we has in loved thy love does. Now folks, I want to tell you something. God's deliberation wasn't looking for information. He knew exactly where there's at. He just wanted them to find out how backslidden they really were. And they proved it seven times arguing with God, and they used the word, we're in. And this proves to me that they were, number one, unaffected people. It proves to me that they were cold and indifferent in their heart. And we can put on a good front, but folks, God knows your heart. God knows if you came to leave this morning, Pay a religious duty, or to worship God and forget about time and think about eternity just for a few minutes. God knows your heart. God knows your attitude. And folks, when we uh, when one will not regularly attend the house of God, it reveals they have been uh, haven't been affected by God's love like they should be. When one uh, is not a regular reader of the Word of God, it proves and reveals they haven't been affected by God's love, as they ought to be. When they haven't regularly worshipped you, I mean day by day at the throne of God in in prayer, when they're not a regular seeker of His face, it proves that you haven't been affected by the love of God. Oh friend, listen, when you don't witness, it proves that you haven't been affected. You're almost saying wherein has thou loved us? Folks, when you don't keep His commandments and obey Him, it proves that you're unaffected by the love of God. I want to tell you something that ought to revolutionize your life. The love of God. I want to tell you what ought to change your life, your priorities, your attitude, your disposition, your marriage, raising children, the love of God. Salvation radically changes a person's life. But folks, the reason salvation radically changes a person's life because it proves God loves you, God loves you. And then I believe also this response, this deliberation reveals an unappreciative people. An unappreciative people. Um, they should have appreciated what God had done in their life, and God should appreciate. They should have appreciated Malachi, a hard preacher, a heavy message, a burden. He called the word, folks. It says that. Uh, uh, a burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. He said, this message is a burden. Now, all of you that's never preached, you don't know what that means, but there's some messages that's hard to preach. And sometimes it makes people mad. I've had people walk out on me in these 47 years of preaching. I mean, get up and just almost stick their tongue out at me. That's not as bad as what they did with Stephen. They gnawed on his uh, uh uh, hand and, and threw stones at him and killed him. Go ahead and stick your tongue out. Just don't throw no stones at me. Amen. But they were unappreciative. But I want you to see last but not least, and I, I hate to cut this short, but I think you can get the message. The gracious demonstration of God's love is found in verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother saith the Lord, yet I love Jacob. Folks, you know the story. He stole the birthright. He stole the blessing. But God knew and He uh, predetermined that He was going to love Israel in such a way to choose them to bring in the Bible and bring in Jesus. And folks, I want to tell you something. It was electing love. He foreordained and predestined for the foundation of the world that it was going to be Jacob and that Jacob was going to uh, be the father of a great nation and Folks, listen. I'm going to tell you something. We need to realize that God demonstrated His love towards Israel many times, and the Bible says He hated Esau. And that's comparatively speaking. It didn't mean He hated Esau. That means He just had to prefer Jacob, because it was God's will that uh, Israel be blessed and loved by God. And here's these people saying, "We're in it as Thou loved us." So He's saying, "Hey, listen. I preferred you." I prefer you, Israel. And Let me just say this, friend. Wherever you're at, whatever you've done, God prefers you. He loves you as His only child. He wants to bless you as His only child. He wants to use you in a miraculous way. And folks, listen, don't ever doubt His love. It's amazing. It's all by grace that we're saved. It's a love that was bestowed upon us when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We ought to love Him in return. And then we see in verse uh, 3, it says, um, verse 4, I have hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we are returned and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down I'll throw down and they shall call them in the borders of the wickedness and the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. And your eyes shall see and you shall say the Lord will be magnified from the borders of Israel. And so we see that He destroyed the sinful people. Folks, I want to tell you something. God has protected you more than you'll ever know. And God has preserved America. And God has is preserved to Israel, better said. And folks, we should not doubt His love. God's Word is only a demonstration of His love, but folks, God's work is proof of His love. For God so loved. There's wealth in those words. So loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't ever doubt God loves you. And I'll say, Christians, what you ought to do is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind, and all thy mind. In other words, as this this book will point out, don't give God your leftovers. Don't let God be second place. Let Him be preeminent. Because no one's ever loved you like He loves you. Nobody will ever love love you as he loves you. And God God has blessed you and helped you in such a special way for God. God is the greatest lover. So loved. That's the greatest degree of love. The world, that's the greatest company of love. That he gave, that's the greatest act of love. Calvary. His only begotten Son, that's the greatest gift of love. The whosoever, that's the greatest opportunity of love. Aren't you glad God's not prejudiced? Aren't you glad God loves you just as much as He loves me or anybody else? Believe it. There's the greatest simplicity of love. In Him, that's the greatest attraction of love. Should not perish. That's the greatest promise of love. But, that's the greatest difference of love. God's love will change your life. How? That's the greatest opportunity. Everlasting life. That's the greatest possession. God loves you. Now my question is, as he asked the people in Malachi, I asked the people, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to argue and say, God, where have you loved me? Or, Lord, you don't really love me. Or are you going to say, Lord, I know you love me. And I want to love you more through my obedience, through my faithfulness, through my giving of myself, through my life, that God would have proof positive evidence in this world that God loves them. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the strength to be here. And Lord, I couldn't shout it, and I can't yell it but I sure can say you sure love us, and I thank you for that. I thank you for these men that loved us enough to go represent us and fight for us and spend time away from their family. I thank God for those veterans that gave their lives. Many are in heaven cheering us on today. God, thank you for their service. But God, I want want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for winning the war for me. I want, you to, I want to thank you for defeating the devil for me. and Lord, I know it's because you commended your love towards us and while we are yet sinners. Christ died for us. Thank you, dear Lord, that you love us in spite of us. Lord, thank you for loving us, that you discipline us and come after us. As the song says, even we're in the prodigal pig pen. You keep the light on of your love. You keep the fatted calf ready of joy with your love. You put the ring on our finger, so I'll never disown you. I'll never give up on you. Lord, thank you. Many people's turned their backs on us. Many people had not shown love like they should, probably, and I know I have. But God, you've never been guilty of loving us any less than when you died on that cross for our sin. Lord, thank you, God, for so loving us that you gave your only begotten Son. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I mean, say, preacher, this morning, I've accepted the love of God, and I've trusted the love of God, and I'm saved. I can truly be called a child of God because of his love, and I'm on the way to heaven because of his love. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this place? Raise it high. Praise God. How many glad that you've accepted the love of God, salvation? Say amen. Several cannot raise your hand. May I remind you that God loves you. And God has set this amazing situation up for you to be in church this morning to hear this message on the love of God. And you ought to respond. You ought to respond correctly. Because He's given you everything worthwhile. And He'll give you heaven. And He'll give you peace. And He'll give you joy. And He'll give you purpose. And He'll give you power to live the Christian love that He proclaims. And you'll say, Preacher, I'm not saved. But I sure want to be. And I want you to please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? I'll pray for you. That's the most I can do for you. I'll not embarrass you. I'll not come to you and point you out in any other way. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anybody else? More important, God sees that heart. Anyone else? Do you think enough of your own soul to say, please pray for me. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm glad these two soldiers got saved. Amen? Don't let it take a war to get you saved. The goodness of God draw, draws man to repentance. Anyone else? I'll wait just a moment longer. God bless you, sis. I appreciate the way you listen. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I'm tired of walking away from the love of God. I need to receive Him by faith. You say, I can't live it. I can't live it either, but God lives it through you. That's the wonder of it all. Someone else. Someone else. Two's raised their hand about you. Anyone else? Hamer say Preacher, I'm a Christian, but I need to love God more. And I need to show it my faithfulness, my devotion, my priorities, and my loyalty. And I just want you to know I want to rededicate my life to loving God. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? i got to raise mine. Amen. All over this place. God bless you. God bless you. Father, Please, dear God, help us. Help everyone in here to receive the love of God. I pray no one to leave here without 100% assurance that they're saved. So, dear God, please move as you already have by the conviction that was signified by the uplifted hand. Lord, that's all it takes is conviction. Lord, I pray, dear God, that during this invitation, that they'll come to this altar and their lady will have a lady take the bible on this front row and show them how to be saved their man will have a man take the bible and show them how to be saved so lord please help them come we'll praise you in jesus name